I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. Hey! Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio, Emily Dean, Alan Cochran. <laughs> Those are all the ingredients of a great super ragu. A ragu <laughs> of fun which we've prepared for you today. Yes, it's um, a goulash, <laughs> even. It's like so chef-based this morning. Well, yeah, and well, I'm trying to think of a, a mix things all mixed um, mm. together mm. into something a tasty. Hot pot. A hot pot. Well, of course you'd go hot pot. There's no surprise about that. <laughs> I, I think I'll go canapé. Oh. Mm. But you, you don't mix things into a canapé, do you? I suppose you, get, you do get ingredients. Yeah. yeah. Can I be the glacé cherry? Yes. Um, on the hot pot. <laughs> Fusion food gone mad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> North and South Fusion. But is there enough of that? Is that not right? It's not right. <laughs> I, um, I was, um, was, have I said, I've said what's happening, haven't I, Frank? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, we is, know where we is, are. This is not the weekend podcast, in case you've never tuned in before. Maybe you were, you know, just, you're doing that thing, you know, that blindfolded um, iTunes thing you can do and you blindfold yourself and just um, click and see what comes up. Mm. Do you, are you familiar with that? As a sort of a youth thing. Oh, is it really? the youngsters? Yeah. Do it. Is this an actual thing? Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Not the weekend podcast NTW. That's what some people call it. Do they? Yeah. Do and now that uh, the news of the world is now defunct. Well, uh, what? I like to think um, the news of the world is. De- <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't see the papers. Frank, on we can. We stole on that because I didn't like that. Notw was a bit similar to Ntw. No, you're it's right. It's ours now. Full oh, ownership. Well, actually, I, I actually contrived the whole thing to get rid of it. <laughs> that might even be a cheap domain name knocking about. Oh, that's a thought. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, so I was in a cab this mm. week. I don't. Oh. I, I said on the show on Saturday, I've had a lot of cab events. Yes, you have. Of like, I don't know what it is. I mean, I've been getting a lot of cabs, but often I travel in complete silence. It's the best way. Mm-hmm. But I've had, I've communicated, um, you know, through the... Um, if, if I brought out a TV show called Through the Perspex, <laughs> which is me talking to a series of um, professional <laughs> drivers, you know, and uh, being introduced by uh, Lloyd Grossman, mm-hmm. of it, so we will, t- we will take you, kind of the voice... Through the perspex, then it's me talking yeah. to uh, to a, uh, a cab driver. These so, are all licensed cabs, aren't they? Oh, completely oh, licensed. I'd never get into uh, in, on. Well, you know, it's not a big problem because I don't drink. <laughs> but um, it's better if they're licensed. They're licensed for singing and dancing. A lot of the cabs <laughs> I get into, cabarets, they call them. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I would so get that cab. You know, I didn't. I, I didn't get that gag until I'd said it. That's how quick I am. That's good. <laughs> So, um, you know, cab drivers, they're always um, either they had their own business and it, and it all went wrong in the 80s or they used to be on the books at Watford. And they all, they've all got a story. Um, this, uh, anyway, this guy, we, I got into the cab. He suddenly did a violent U-turn. I wasn't anticipating. Mm. Um, you know, there was just a little line of traffic. There was maybe six vehicles. He turned away and went up a side road looking for some sort of rat run. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. And uh, he says to me, I'm sorry, he said, I, I can't stand traffic. And I thought, he doesn't mean the 60s band, does it? He actually, he's a cab driver who can't stand traffic. Oh. I mean, I suppose it's no more far-fetched than them not being able to stand people, which is very common. Yes. But um, I thought, it, it, you know, it opened up quite a big um, 
conversation, which I didn't pursue. Mm. Turned out he'd been uh, cab driving for 15 years. 15, you say? And didn't like traffic. <laughs> it sounds like a living nightmare, doesn't it? It does. It does. Well, so, just this journey. Yeah. Yeah. So he said to me, he said, well, what? he said, I wouldn't do your job for a million pound a year. And I said, uh, no, neither would I. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a tension in the... You know yes. when you've done that kind of yes. joke where people need to go, well, they need to go with it. And I think he felt I'd, I'd somehow put him down. Right. And then it, it was... I wasn't happy with the rest of the journey. Weren't you? No. Well, it was a difficult... You were right. To, you can never resist a joke, Frank, and I do love you for it. I was trying to lighten... Yes. You know. But anyway, I had another cab driver, and... Um, They're like buses, aren't they? Well, it's funny you should say <laughs> that. It is... <laughs> it's funny you should say that, because this one was an extra in Summer Holiday. Oh, No. He must have been knocking on. He was knocking on. What, the Cliff Richard film? Yeah, is there another summer holiday? Well, there was a Young One special, actually. This bloke was in the Young Ones as well, the movie. He was Yeah, he he said he'd done a lot of extra work. He said, I used to drive a lot on the bill. He said, I did quite a lot of that dangerous driving on the bill. At that point, I just very quietly put my seatbelt on. You know when you get into (laughs) a cab... And I never put my... I mean, we talked about seatbelts in cabs last, last week. Mm. I, I, I don't put one on unless they do anything a little bit like I think mm. I could get killed here. And then I feel I have to put it on. I don't want them to see me put it on because it's like saying you're a rubbish driver. Yeah. <laughs> but this bloke, yeah, it'd been extra in summer holiday, which you'd think would have inspired him, as you say, into boss work, but no. Mm. If he'd said I'd been in taxi driver, I'd have thought, well, I see where where you're coming from. (laughs) I just said, are you talking to me? Uh, Yeah. And then he said to me, he said, I remember once, he said, I was in a club uh, owned by the Craze. And um, I settled back in my six. I love it when an old Londoner tells you a a Craze story. And he said to me, he said, yeah, I was in a club owned by the Craze. I think he said it was called the the Two R's or something like that. He said, and... uh, they sent this guy over. Two Rons, I love that. Yeah, two Ronnies. <laughs> yeah, they were in it. And, uh, yeah, and he said it's uh, two shots from me and two, and, and two shots from him. Um, uh, and, uh, anyway, so he said that this bloke came over and said, oh, excuse me, he said, but um, the boys have said uh, they want you to uh, go <gasps> because um, you look too much like old Bill. That's what you two said to me this morning. <laughs> the boys want you to go. But I love the fact. Oh, I mean, Bill they, they, is they brilliant. They said old oh, Bill, ironically. Oh, yeah. And also <laughs> that you had to leave if you looked like old Bill. Yeah. He probably had a, a, you know, a tie on. And one of those, the sort of black dot Martin shoes. The sort of very, you know those things that slightly spread eagled in the opening credits of the Bill? Yeah. Well, Frank, there is a specific type of male hairdo that I refer to as bent copper hair. Oh. Mm. It's slightly... It's a bit Simon Cowell. He's got bent copper hair. Oh, see. Yeah. It's a sort of aggressive flat top. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's interesting. Yeah. And is it bent copper hair because it's been flattened by a policeman's hat? No. Okay. It's bent copper because they're bent. As oh. in, they're on the wrong side of the law. Yes. Mm. I, knew, I, knew, <laughs> I knew what you meant. I didn't want you to think I meant something else by bent copper. No. No, I didn't. I didn't think that for a second. Oh, good. Okay. I mean, what? The, you mean like the ones you can't get into a fruit machine in the nineteen seventies? <laughs> uh, well, Frank, you're not the only one to have 
run-ins with people on film sets because guess what happened this week, guys? I got I got a note through my door. Mm. It was I say it was through my door. As you may know, I've moved into a duplex, so I've actually got own entrance, which is quite an important step for me, having <laughs> own entrance. Yeah. Well, you, um, need, you yeah. need that with a duplex. You do. For the non-London listeners, uh, this is one of the tricks that London plays on you, where you start to prize a door <laughs> on your own property. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not quite as coveted in any other city on earth as, a, as London. But anyway. I've got a door. I'm so yeah, happy. Can I, can I say, I'm not completely certain um, what a duplex is. It's two levels, basically, Frank. Oh, OK. Still, you might call it Maisonette. I'm still convinced it's a Maisonette. No, it's not. You'll see when you see it. But okay. you will see it. It's So I've got own entrance, mm. and I'm very happy with that. However, some of my mail, in fact, all of my mail, gets delivered to what I call the, the big house. I don't, go, I don't really go into that part. That's another entrance. OK. Um, in the common parts. I don't really go into the common parts. No. Too common? Yes. OK. <laughs> Um, there's an ugly lady upstairs. She doesn't hoover much. Um, so, I (laughs) found... But I saw a letter, and it said to the occupiers. Mm -hmm. As the most recent edition, I thought, I'll open that. I'm having that. Why not? So I opened it. It said on the top, Whitechapel. What's this? Dear resident, refilming location for Whitechapel, series three. The craze crop up again. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah, that's the programme about the ghosts of the craze, isn't it? Well, it says, I'm currently looking for residential properties to use as filming locations for an episode of the ITV1 drama Whitechapel, series three. Yeah, that's the one. It's the one where the ghosts of the craze come back. (gasps) I didn't know that, (laughs) Frank. Oh, God, yeah. I know them all. Having passed by your property today, I was wondering whether you might be interested in us filming at your home. Well, this is very exciting. Yeah. Then they go on to say, Ideally, we are looking to find a venue that has not been too modernised at all over the years. Now, I don't like that. (laughs) No. Because that suggests that there's going to be, like, drug dealer no ones flat or something. I'm not very happy with that. No, but I, I imagine if they're, if because it's cray themed, they want it to look a bit 60s. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're... Oh, place, thanks a lot. No, but I mean that... It's cost me a fortune, this place. Yeah, but I imagine the, uh, your interiors are um, completely um, refurbished. Yes. I've heard that. I, <laughs> <laughs> totally overhauled, yeah. may I say. The interiors, so it's yes. not 60s. So you're not a pro... You're, you're well, all I'm saying was I was just a little bit insulted. I, my, my heart soared and then I felt deflated. I felt they were dissing my manner a little bit. To see, use a see the, cra- cra- the crows haven't even moved in yet. You're already calling it your manner. <laughs> Are they not showing you respect? But I, do, I did get quite excited at the prospect of a film crew on my manner. Yeah. Because I've had... It's not the first time. I've had it before. What? Great Rock and Roll Swindle was filmed in my house as a child. In your house? Yes. Yes, they did some interior shots. There were punks everywhere. I was scared of the punks. Yeah. Everyone involved on that production, for some reason, seemed to have some Mohican thing going on. I was very scared. Yeah. They filmed that in your house? Yes. Oh, brilliant. Isn't that good? I don't know the film. Frank will explain. It's it's, it's a Sex Pistols uh, movie. Uh, It's where Sid Vicious sings my way. Oh, no, Memorably. I've not seen that. I've no? not seen that. Like, yet another gap in my cultural awareness, mm. but I've not seen it. Well, but, mind the gap. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my advice. To, I do need to. Yeah. You do need to mind it. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I live uh, very near to the Houses of Parliament, so there's a film crew out every, oh, that's virtually true. every day. Any sort of political statement made on the television, they always want the Houses of Parliament in the background, always. Mm-hmm. So I, I, when I walk into town, I pass loads of... And they always want... You know, in... Um, Whenever anyone's on television, they've all got to have something relevant over their shoulder <laughs> at all times. Like, I saw um, Harriet Harman on the weekend interviewed about the news of the world. They had a pile of newspapers behind yeah. her. Like, like she was working in a chip shop. <laughs> <laughs> they always have to have something relevant just behind them. So, um, of course, I mean, you can't resist the house. I, I, want, I walked down there once, because often it's people like Andrew Marr talking. Mm. I went down there once, it was uh, Bruno Tognoli. <laughs> Talking with the House of Parliament. Not on the Grassy Knoll. The Grassy Knoll's only for MPs. This was on on the river path. Oh, I know. But why would he... I mean, would he be making a political... I'm thinking maybe because the clock was there, maybe it was Bruno Bruno Tonioli on the nature of time. (laughs) Do you think that? What a sort of Stephen Hawking. You know, I could hear him say, damn, at the fourth dimension. (laughs) Just started off like uh, no, but how peculiar! Yeah, of all, but Frank, all you had terrible people. You've had a Woody Allen film as well, in his, oh, on I his manner. I have my my cleaner said I've just seen Woody Allen and Scarlett Johansson in one of the adjoining flats. I said I picked up both <laughs> bottles of wine that we keep in the house for guests <laughs> and made sure that my uh, my felt pen mark was um, adhered to. Uh, <laughs> and I said, I don't think you have. And she said. Uh, no, I wasn't Bruno. No, I, it's, I, I did. I said, and I said, uh, I said, what? She said, I thought, I don't do that. And I said, okay. And I thought, I won't argue. You know what they're like. And um, sure enough, they filmed uh, Match Point. The, Match um, Point. Oh, I got really excited when I saw the film because well, I mean, like, my oh, fl- my flat's all over that film like a like a rash. Mm. Even on the the soundtrack, when you open, you know, yes. when you, you know when you get a CD and it opens into a central picture, mm-hmm. it's just the view basically from my uh, from my flat. Not actually my flat; it's in the next. Your it's block. like no, my it's my block. Same block. Wow. Have you oh. ever had any um, film crews on your manor? I've, I've got no films to speak of. But, no. um, we moved in December, and uh, since we've been there, uh, a drama has been filmed uh, in the neighbouring streets, and so for a little while, I was coming back. And we were getting letters saying, sorry, we keep filming nearby from quite a big production company. So there was a point where it was a searing indictment on my career that the house was getting more show business letters than I was. <laughs> and more TV. And more TV. Yeah. Genuinely <laughs> devastated. I was thinking, probably, I could have been cast in this, but the house is getting the letters about it. It was quite upsetting. But it seems to have finished now. I don't know what it's called. Mount Pleasant. I do know what it's called. Oh. Ah. I think it's called Mount Pleasant. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look out for it. I don't. I actually, I'm a, I'm a bit sniffy when I see a, a film crew. Are so you I, Frank? I always think that film crews they look at people in a kind of a, oh yeah, you know, we're we're part of the in crowd, we're the TV right. people, and you're I just agree. ordinary people. Mm-hmm. So I like to go past and make sure I get damn well recognised. <laughs> look back at you and think, yeah, satellite television, get out. <laughs> And it's always a bloke, you know, in um, Timberland's shorts. Timberland's and, and a puffer, and he's always saying, absolute quiet, everyone. Or sometimes, you know, they'll, 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 
be even more brazen. and they'll wear like a, a total wipeout fleece. Yes. Right. Just to say, oh yeah, I worked on that. You know, it's quite a man's kind of a programme. Yeah, previous production fleece. Oh, man. Yeah. PPF, it's PPF. happening all over the place. It's unacceptable. I tell you, I thought my favourite one was a, a pink one for In the Grave. <laughs> oh. uh, just not right, is it? No. Not right. That was obviously one dished out for the ladies, and he was he was a bit late in the. I mean, I I rarely crack out the Dare the Triffids sweatshirt. I do still uh, have it. Have you really? Yes. I like to think it's three D that the tongue leaves the flower. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. No, I've got the sweatshirt. That's brilliant. Mm. You Case. were in. You were in. Yeah, Emily was in the uh, the uh, 1954. <laughs> 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 oh, now Emily was in uh, the eight. It's eighties, was it? Yeah. It's eight, as a child. Eighty two, I think it was. As a yeah. child, I was a child. I was going to leave it loose. Star. I was going to leave it loose on the eighties for your benefit. <laughs> oh, thank you, Frank. Now you've taken it early eighties. Yeah. Can we get? Can we get rid of that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, she was uh, she was a child star in Day of the Triffids. Mm, yeah. Still has the jumper to this day. Yeah. Wow. What would that fetch on eBay, one wonders? Eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, um... No, I checked it. I put a bogus one on just to see how it went. Four hours remaining. <laughs> Six fifty. They tried to do gonna... something a little humorous. The, uh, they put the production crew, thought it'd be fun, they gave them to us as gifts, and it said, say it with flowers, send Triffids. Put a little joke on it. Brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, loving it. See what they've done there. One of the things when you're filming in the street, if you ever film, you must have filmed in the street. Oh, with the Triffids. countless occasions. People always come over and mm. say, well, when does this go out? <laughs> <laughs> when does this go out? And, and, and you're in the middle, I'm trying to get into character. Well, excuse me, when does this go what the, Do I look like the Radio Times? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's one of the worst things. I was crossing um, Hungerford Bridge over the River Thames, London, mm. and... Um, I saw Alexa Chong filming uh, some sort of a link. You're familiar with Alexa Chong? Vaguely, yes. Very thin, very pretty. Very, yeah. yeah, I know who she is. A beautiful young woman, haughty. Face of Chanel. Is she married to a monkey or is that... She married to a monkey? She dates an Arctic monkey. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, they've built my hopes up and dashed them in a few seconds. If only we'd found out in some terrible trip to West Africa she'd got involved in a drunken night, married some sort of simian creature. (laughs) That would be brilliant. Of course, I went to a thing where Will Self, Will Self said that that does go on. Uh, uh, speak. He said that people do um, have relationships with with animals and with apes. He said an a- offspring have been born. Mm. Nancy Delolier. <laughs> what? You think she's a? <laughs> she's product? quite simian looking. Oh, I, I hadn't I hadn't thought Delolier. Mm. It's an ape like that. <laughs> Can imagine there's an ape called Delolier. If you said to me, just that that she just came into my head, which yeah. means it must be true. That's right. Mm. Well, that's uh, she wouldn't have been my. Every, most people would have said, "Oh, you know, Wayne Rooney or something." Yeah. Yeah. You've gone very. Uh, I've gone to Lolio. You've gone left field on it. Mm-hmm. She's got the Malteser brown of the chimp size. Oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, she has got that. Uh, mm. that God, I once got stared at by. Did I never tell you about that? <laughs> it's my favourite thing ever. Please you know, tell her. I went to Monkey World in uh, Wall in Dorset. And um, one of the new apes, after, they have to be kept in, a, in incubation some kind of way from the others because they fight like fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a chimpanzee, this, this character. And uh, he came to the window of his uh, booth and uh, I looked in and he looked out and he looked really, he really, he didn't blink. He looked unblinkingly into my eyes and I looked back into his. We were six inches from each other. There was glass in between. And... Um, this could be the Christmas edition of Through the Perspex <laughs> special. 
special... Uh, the novelty one. Yeah, the special uh, Darwinian <laughs> edition. And he looked at me and I looked at him and I looked deep, deep into his eyes and it was really like we... Something... We connected in some way. And I could hear people saying, look at that bloke and that monkey. <laughs> I mean, you know, we were... Getting they said to Trevor Nunn. <laughs> 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 And um, and uh, a crowd was. Uh, oh damn! I pull it with my feet. <laughs> it's okay. I pull it with my feet. Um, and, um, Leave my tire alone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and people were gathering round, and 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 we were we had a sort of a, a across the primal divide um, moment. I me and this on. chimpanzee. It's very oh. strange. Whatever happened to him? <laughs> yeah, anyway, Alexa Chong, she, um, I went past, she was doing a link on Hungerford Bridge. Mm. <laughs> There's no toilets around there. No. And uh, she, uh, I looked at her and uh, I made some joke about joining in or something. And uh, she was a bit, I thought, a bit off. Oh, no. And as I walked away, I heard her and the uh, the sound man giggling, you know. And mm. I, I felt that she thought, oh, you know, you're yesterday and I'm today. That's what I think she thought. And, you know, and I'm tomorrow and you'll be gone. That's what she thought. Well, we'll see how it pans out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the moment, I think, you know, we'll see where the money's going on that one. Yeah. Where is she now? Um, no, where is she? Do you know? <laughs> 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 the fact is, I felt more warmth, humanity, and contact with that chimpanzee in Dorset <laughs> than I did with Alexa Chong. What does that tell you? That wasn't a rhetorical question. <laughs> but, but she's beneath the monkey in your eyes. Um, Something? No. I don't know if she's beneath the monkey. I think she's in an exterior well, room. I'm sorry. I'm quite a fan of Alexa. Oh. I am. That's all right. I don't, no, not... but I don't think she meant to be cruel to you. I just think, don't compare what you had with that monkey mm. to what you had with Alexa. <laughs> no, that's what happens. Is, I, I think that's true. You should, you should treat each relationship you have to be in its own right. putting an X on a pedestal, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're on, I think it was actually on a pedestal, <laughs> if I remember rightly. Otherwise, it never reached the branch. I had a, a moment... This week, where I was thinking of you, Frank, from a uh, from previous podcast discussion of mm. um, your round of applause in everyday life. You oh said yeah, that, you said that you'd applauded a man for driving an, uh, an articulated lorry. Did we decide that that's what it was called, articulated? Yeah, we, we, yeah, a for long, reversing one into a, a, a into I, a narrow alley. I called it sixteen wheeler, but then oh. I hang out with the truckies a lot. Do you? Yeah, in yeah. the Midwest. <laughs> Who would have thought there was an overlap on that bit of the Venn diagram? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> drivers. Yeah. Again, Venn diagrams crop mm. up. I, um, for a start, I think I, uh, I witnessed some sarcastic applause when a woman did a terrible job of parallel parking outside of a pub. Oh, she got that's unkind. Oh, it no. It was that's... awful, though. It was really bad. Really, really bad. What, the parking or yeah. the applause? No, the Yeah, parking. but there's no need for that. It's a profound. I find parking one of the most difficult things in life. And uh, outside of pubs, it's not ideal. No. So there's a sarcastic brigade. Not when you've had a few drinks, either. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it makes Sports it much harder. But I, Can uh, I say that Absolute Radio <laughs> does not... Absolutely, absolutely disapproves in every way. It's not drinking and drink parking. No. Yeah. <laughs> I... Uh, I was in the house and uh, I 
through mm. some socks. Cockerel in the house. <laughs> Cockerel in the house, yeah, as the phrase goes, I believe. <laughs> in the hen house, obviously. <laughs> should be a follow-up sound effect of something really domestic, like the kettle going on or something, shouldn't um, Yes, I was in the house, and I threw a pair of socks right into the laundry basket, like a proper... Let's go. It was a really... What sort of distance? Uh, I need distance and diameter. I think um, diameter of the waist of the laundry basket, maybe a foot and a half. I'm going old money. Okay. And uh, (laughs) and distance from baskets, uh, (laughs) I'd say eight to ten feet, perhaps. Okay, well, putting that into um, spider geometry, whereas every (laughs) spider you describe is at least... One fifth bigger than it really was. It's still a good shot. It was a good shot. It was a it was a good shot. And let me tell you, there was a sadness immediately because I realised I was in the house on my own, oh. and there were no family members about to give that an applause. Oh, no witnesses. It felt like it should have got applause. And, Definitely. And it made me just think, what's the point in having a family if they're not here? <laughs> well, I've I've, I've, not I've, I've always thought that. <laughs> you know, they're yeah, not I, here to give me a round of applause for a. Fine shot socks into basket. What is the upside? What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, I play. Um, I play PBA two iPad ten pin bowling quite a lot, and uh, you can put crowd noise on that. You can you can switch it on or off crowd noise, and it's it's uh, it's a great discipline for a comedian mm. because right. if you get the shot, they go <laughs> great. If you miss the shot, you just hear the. Of the ball going into, there's not a murmur, oh. and it's a fabulous contrast. Cheer, nothing at all. Really keeps you on your toes. Mm. What I've t- taken to doing, I've noticed, is I put some stuff. I put stuff in, the, obviously, in the wash basket. I put some stuff that I, I think might, if, in case of an emergency, might co- come in handy. I put it. I hang it over the edge. Oh, because oh. I think. It won't, get, it, it won't develop that smell that things... <laughs> you know, there's a, a certain sort of sock smell that everything mm-hmm. that's been... You could put a pair of trousers into a wash basket for, say, 30 seconds, take it out, does it smell like that? Yes. But if on the edge... So there's a whole array of things around the edge that might, might get one more go. I know what you mean, Frank. Yeah. yeah. And the you think the fragrance won't adhere, which is good. Mm-hmm. So... But I think it's hard with what we're sometimes... Do you divide your washing up into three... I have three separate wash basket wash baskets, do you? No. No. Oh. So you have your whites, you have your colours... Yes. ..and you have your um, hand wash. Mm. Right. So you don't do that, no? What I do is I put them all in one thing and then I see the cleaner as a kind of a sorting system. I, yes. I presume she... I'm not there when she... She arrives. I've only met my cleaner once. Really? Yeah. Uh, lovely. But would you and, trust uh, them with that giant responsibility? Well, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? A tiny pink cashmere sweater. Mm. Exactly. It's not the end of the world. Exactly. You could put it on a teddy. Bad news for me, yeah. <laughs> action, my gay action man figure. <laughs> Kill for that. <laughs> Yeah, because um, he's looking a bit... I've got the one with the beard. I've gone for the bear. <laughs> I will always go for the bear. Yeah. I am... Um, we have... Um, in our house, we have two uh, cushions on the sofa. You would have seen these, Emily. Yes, one I is have. One is a cushion with my face on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sent by a fan, hand-painted. Rather a good likeness, I think. 
And the other one is um, a commercially printed uh, cushion with the face of um, the German uh, electronica musician Ulrich Schnauss. Oh, yeah. It's got his face on Ka- it. Frank's um, girlfriend, Kathy's a big fan of his. Yeah, he's a sort of a shoegaze icon. Okay. And um, so we are almost, the, the two rivals are in effect, of her affection are at either side of the sofa on cushions. Mm. But someone came with a wink and they said, who's that? Obviously not about my cushion. And we explained. And they, and, and they said, oh, you look, you look very alike. Mm. Well, we don't. But, you know, once you're on a cushion, it's a great leveller. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the things that distinguish one human face from another is, is lost once it's gone into um, soft furnishings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I could pass for Hugh Grant on a cushion. I think you could. We were both cushions. Mm. Yeah. He's a, he's a better-looking man than me, there's no doubt about that. Well, um... Not, not these days. Oh, he looked all right on Question Time. He did, but was he on a cushion? No. <laughs> I don't know, he looked a bit higher than usual. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I love the. Uh, I, I tell you, can I ask your advice on this? That we have a bit of a, a domestic dispute at home. I have an office that I work in, which has got a kitchen, right? So I have my own sort of kitchen yeah. world away from my home, and I always choose a random um, piece of packaging that operates as some sort of receptacle. Like, for example, a soup tin or a yogurt. Um, yes. carton, and I'll use that as a um, tea bag bin. Oh yes. So when you take the tea, you use t- tea bag. I've done cot, it myself. You Frank. put it in there, and then mm. I, I leave it until you build up to you're absolutely full, and, and all I, your waste is in one area. Yeah, and you're not doing that thing of, of you know it's very difficult to carry a tea bag across to the bin without getting um, mm. droplets. It's almost yeah. impossible. Or sometimes worse, you have the tea under the spoon and the bag, and the bag goes into the tea <coughs> as you're on the journey, and you get a splash. Oh, you use... I see you use the tea as no, a... if you're doing the journey. Yeah. I don't. I tend not to, because I think it's too I'm saying the journey like it's a road trip. It's about four steps. <laughs> yeah. It depends. Well, it depends where you've been in. <laughs> it does. Depends on how you've set up your work I take, <laughs> I take it straight out to the wheelies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I well, take it good, to the dump. I've never thought of using the, the cup as a, as a, as a drip catcher. That's a good a idea. Safety nets, yeah, yeah. Mm. But then if it falls in, you, you could easily burn your hands. You could and then you'd have to fish the bag out. <laughs> anyway, so what I do, if, if I'm having uh, yoghurt, I finish the yoghurt and I think, that'll take, well, that'll take 20 tea bags, that <laughs> thing. But my girlfriend will not do that. We used to have, I actually bought a little metal bin tiny about eight <laughs> inches high which was for that exact per- it's like a miniature bin house bin a tea bag and bin. it was for tea bags mm-hmm. and it was great and then we had an argument and she threw a, a frozen unsliced loaf at me <laughs> <laughs> i swerved uh, it missed me and hit the tea bag dispenser and put oh. a dent in it of such um such depth that the um the lid didn't work anymore so mm-hmm. that had to go mm. We have a little ceramic dish that we just pile tea bags up on, and then they. That sounds nice. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Yeah, does sound a bit like we're cultivating penicillin or something (laughs) in in the kitchen. Do you know? I remember when tea bags first came out. Do you think? Wow. Because David Baddiel wrote a book about the Second World War, and he said, "Do you want to read this while it was still in its manuscript form?" I had a look, and I said, "Whoa, whoa, hold on a minute." I said, "You've started off with like people in in the factory in 1941 with tea bags in there." And he said, yeah. I said, no, 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 no. 
I remember them coming out. And I remember there was an advert on the telly, like PG Tips, and they said, now tea's in a bag. Wow. And we thought, what? <laughs> That'll be... We were, well, appalled. I don't think it'd be too... Did you say, David, this is an anachronism? Uh, no. Oh, it's not often that you get the chance to use an acronym. No, looking back, looking back, I've uh, I missed that opportunity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the terrible thing, if I thought of it, I could have embroidered it into the anecdote and pretended that I had, mm. but um, too late now, of course. That's gone. Frank, I'd like to read you out an email that we got sent in this well, week. Well, that's splendid. I'm, I love the fact that we have uh, regular contact from our listeners. Well, that wasn't I think, a joke, by the way. No, I know, and I think you'll like this even more because it's from Rob in um, Australia, and I like that we have the likes of Australians tuning in. Yeah. All over the shop they are. Um, dear Frank, Emily and the Cockerel. Hello. <laughs> it's caught on. It's, it's so gone. caught on. It's, really it's massive. I think it's gone worldwide. That's, that's what I'm hearing from this email. By the way, uh, is this the coldest studio you've ever been in <laughs> yeah. in your life? It's gone very Why chilly. Is it really so cold? I feel we should be naked on, and on hooks. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone Shackleton here. Oh, it's honestly. It's, this, this it's, gone, like, it's it? gone like one of my looks. That's how cold that's it is. That's how cold it's gone. Is he gone. Is he a particularly chilling missive, this guy? This is Rob from, he's from Victoria. Which is probably very hot. Mm. I've just been listening to your podcast and that was last week's obviously and heard you discussing the eating habits of clowns that's the sort of thing that we discuss. <laughs> Can I say, I don't know if I've ever felt... I mean, I don't have children. I don't know if I've ever felt more proud than at, at this moment. I was listening to your podcast and you were discussing the eating habits of clowns. That, if we've achieved nothing in this line of work, we've achieved that that is OK as a topic and as an opening to the reference about a topic. Brilliant. <laughs> and I had forgotten that we'd, <laughs> that we'd discussed that. That's great. This is a topic that I feel I can shed some light on. Oh, great. Ah. As I'm one of the few people who can say that they were sacked for feeding clowns. Blimey. I had a summer job as a teenager at a theme park in Yorkshire. Alan might know it well. Details, lovely little details there. Well, you say details, but what, what, <laughs> what theme park? It's a big county, Yorkshire. <laughs> Do you know of any theme, bar, theme I, parks? I there? know of the Jorvik Viking Centre, but I don't think they had clowns, and that's not... That's Isn't not, there a... There's Clogland, is there? Is there a, <laughs> I believe there's Clogland. I them having clowns. I'm, get, I'm mm. guessing. Is there a Euro Whitby? Euro Whitby. <laughs> Don't think so. <laughs> okay. No, anyway, so a, a, anyway, a theme park in Yorkshire. Okay. Some days I had to work in the staff canteen, and the hired troop of clowns would come by before lunch. I Brilliant. would let them behind the counter to help themselves as I played with their devil sticks and juggling balls. Anyway, leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, their food of choice: deep fried chicken burger and a sesame seed bap. I've always stored this information just in case I ever have to bait a clown trap. Love the show. Keeps me in touch with home, Rob. <laughs> there you go. It's funny what you keep in your head just in case you have to bait a clown trap, isn't it? Was it sesame seeds or was it glitter? 
Oh, I hope it was glitter. Yeah, that'd be lovely. It was garnished with glitter, That's definitely. Worth, it's worth knowing now that they deep-fried chicken burgers. I suppose and a sesame seed bat. They don't have to worry about the calorie content, because clown trousers can be... Exactly. Well, I mean, if you're going yeah. to grow, grow into them, yeah. Yeah. them babies... They knew that so, they've got a life in braces anyway. They don't have to worry about their belt setting, do they? They can go straight to... That's so they've true. Got the, they've got the Jules six. Holland belt setting, <laughs> is what they've got. They have. And if they get, you know, if they become pallid through too much junk food, who's going to notice that? Either? <laughs> yeah. I worry about their lipstick coming off, though. What on the burger? Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There were a lot. There's a lot of density with that lipstick. Yeah. Don't like it. Mm. I'm like, I, I'm hoping that they had a lapel flower with ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> In, in a dream world of, of clowns in a fast food parlour, that's that's what would happen. The idea of letting the clowns help themselves behind the counter, it just sounds like chaos in there, doesn't it? <laughs> flinging food about. And... Sounds like a circus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, it is a nightmarish sort of image, isn't it? <laughs> clowns, like gannets on, on, on a council tip, <laughs> like clambering. I imagine they clambered oh. over the counter and stuff. <laughs> oh, no. When they squeeze, a bit when they squeeze the burgers, it went. Oh, I can't imagine that table manners were particularly adhered to either. I don't. No, I, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't have liked that. <laughs> Are clowns really bald, or do they just wear bald cap things? No, they're all bald. <laughs> <laughs> it's a union rule. <laughs> yeah. I think they inject no, them. You... They, don't they inject them with alopecia at the circus? <laughs> no, but Frank, if you had hair, yeah. you'd want to show it off. You wouldn't go around voluntarily wearing that bald cap thing. Oh, I don't know. I think it's not the biggest sacrifice clowns make. Let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're forgetting dignities. It's got to be up there. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio.